0: Theology of the Body Institute, this is
1: the Ask Christopher West Podcast. Hi, podcast listeners.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode.
1: Here we are.
0: Always happy to be with you. Yes.
1: And we have something fun that happened this week for Christopher that we're just excited to share with you.
0: Very fun I have to give a loud shout out to all of the students who were at the theology of the body and the new evangelization course here in Pennsylvania at uh, the beginning of August yes because I had an offer presented to me during the course a friend texted me and said he had two tickets to go see Bruce Springsteen on Broadway which is a very intimate show where Springsteen sings songs just with his acoustic guitar and on the piano, but mostly he tells stories. I'd already seen this on Netflix, and I had wanted to go, but tickets are so hard to come by, and they're very expensive. They're like over 500 bucks. And unexpectedly, my friend had these two tickets, and I was just sharing with the students, saying, I have this opportunity, and Um, I don't know if I should spend that much money, but the students raised $550 for me.
1: That was so touching. It was really... It was not your intention in talking about that at all. No, that was not my intention in talking
0: about it at all. But they, uh, in knowing my love for Springsteen, they took up a collection and gave me $550 Mm. to go to see Springsteen, which I did this past Wednesday night and it was amazing. Mm. Say what you want uh, about Springsteen's politics and morals, which I do not agree with uh, on many fronts as well. Uh, there's a lot of weeds in this man's life, but there is a lot of wheat, and it was on full display at this show. I I was in tears. Uh, half a dozen times, just how compelling his stories were. 1,700 people sitting, you could hear a pin drop as Springsteen unfolded stories about his childhood, growing up in the Catholic Church, St. Rose of Lima Parish, which was just a stone's throw away from his childhood home, his big Italian and Irish family, um, how he was inspired to buy his first guitar and his bandmates over the years, and he, he wove all of this seamlessly through, through as I said, about 15 songs and all these stories that were just poetic and compelling and heart-piercing, uh, stories of how his mom, uh, I am mean, Springsteen's in his early 70s, his mom's in her 90s, she's had Alzheimer's for 10 years, And he he spoke so tenderly of his love for his mom. Mm. He spoke so honestly of his struggles with his alcoholic, depressed father, now deceased. And at the end of the night, he was talking about going back to his neighborhood just a few years ago, and the, the childhood tree, the tree that he loved in his childhood, which he had talked about at the beginning of the show, he he said had been cut down, and he didn't know it had been cut down until he pulled up into the neighborhood a few years ago, and just the absence he felt mm-hmm. in in the loss of that tree that yeah. he climbed and played under as a boy. And he said these limbs had witnessed all of the events of the neighborhood, and now it was gone, and you could feel the, the loss that he felt. And he said, there I was, still looking down the street, stones throw away, St. Rose of Lima Parish. And he said, the prayer that had been drilled into me to this unwilling disciple over and over again as a child. And then he said, he said, the way that the nuns taught me to pray made me almost never want to pray again. And then he emphasized the word almost. And when he said almost, like he's saying, I still pray, but it's been hard for me. And and I get it because... I've read his autobiography as well, and his Catholic upbringing, this is in the, in the 50s, right? 50s and 60s, was really rough. Like the nuns would rake his knuckles with rulers, and he tells the story in his autobiography of serving Mass as an altar boy, and he dropped the cruets, and the priest, like, chewed him out in f- during the Mass in front of everybody, just experiences like that that make a big impression on a 10-year-old boy's soul. So when he said, I, I, I almost never wanted to pray again, and emphasized, almost, I thought, gosh, Springsteen's willingness to continue in his own way, uh, opening his heart and and wanting to pray. He even said, you know, my 50-year music career has been just one noisy prayer. <laughs> uh, it really touched me, that almost, his willingness to stay open, just a little crack to, to God, Uh, in the midst of his life, has reached me. It reached me. It it has blessed me. And I'm so thankful for that almost. And I want to say to to anybody out there listening, maybe you're going through a really, really, really rough time right now. Just a crack. Keep a crack open. Mm. Uh, Grace gets in through those cracks, and grace is operative in and through those cracks. It's, it's very tempting to close our hearts the whole way when we're going through really r- rough times. Mm-hmm. Uh, just keep it open a crack. If it, 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 I mean, open it as wide as you can, but if all you can do is a crack, that's enough for Grace to work. Mm. So grateful. I'm so grateful to my students. Thank you. If you're listening out there, thank you for that great gift to my heart for raising that money for me to go to see Springsteen. I don't think I could have justified spending 550 bucks to do it. Uh, but that gift was a tremendous blessing to me. I'm so grateful to everybody.
1: I'm so impressed that Bruce has been doing this show and that it's gone on for so long.
0: Yeah, he's, he started it in 2017, this, this one-man show on Broadway. And it, it stopped during COVID, but it's back uh, for a couple months this this summer.
1: And that And that it's so positive and life-affirming is the impression I get. And I also watched the filmed one that was on Netflix with you. And that he talks about faith and yeah. prayer, and and that people want to hear him yeah. talk about these things, That and that he's willing to go there. You know, he's a rock star. Yeah,
0: 1,700 people from all kinds of walks well, of life. Well, that's just one night. One night. Yeah. I know, one night, but I'm, yeah. I'm, I mean, my experience, there we yeah. are, 1,700 people, and he closed out the night praying the Our Father mm-hmm. so hard from such a heartfelt place. Again, you could have heard a pin drop, and there was reverence mm. for it. You didn't get the sense of eye-rolling or anything in this very secular audience.
1: Yeah.
0: And to be able to lead a, a secular audience to that place, culminating in the Our Father, uh, is pretty dang impressive. Yeah. Say again what you want, and I, I agree. There are lots of things we could would, could, and should disagree with about Springsteen and his politics and his moral positions, Um but man, grace was at work. It was a sacred experience. Mm. And it's it's a hopeful thing that uh, grace can work through broken humanity, because guess what? We're all broken. Uh, and if, if we don't realize that, we're fooling ourselves. Uh, it's not be perfect, and then grace will work through your life. It's open your heart in all of your imperfection, mm. and grace will work through your life.
1: That's such a hopeful thought. Yeah that we don't have to be perfect before Grace can show up. I
0: mean, (laughs) forget it. Forget it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Do you want to share anything that's going on with the TOB Institute right now?
0: Yes, we have some um, courses coming up. You can check our link in the show notes. We have a TOB 1 online and a TOB 1 in person that Bill Dunahy is going to be teaching. I teach the online version and I'll be teaching TOB Level 2. If you've already taken TOB 1, uh, you can take the TOB Level 2 course with me at the end of October and right into the first week of November. So check out the links. We also have a full, pretty full slate this fall of our Made for More events, Hmm. which is a, a beautiful night, kind of more a night at the theater, if you will, than Just going to a talk, we we bring these big screens and lighting and videos and images, sacred art, secular art. We weave it all together with live music from Mike Mangione and my presentation, and we're doing several of these throughout the country. You can check out our uh, speaker our event schedule, Mm -hmm. live event schedule, and we'll have that link in the show notes Mm -hmm. as well.
1: I I saw an email that uh, from the TUB Institute that um, they're. The TOB1 online that's coming up in October is available as a refresher for people who've taken it before if they want to repeat it in preparation for your TOB2 course coming up.
0: I didn't know anything about that. Uh,
1: Yeah. My
0: staff doesn't let me know these things.
1: (laughs) And it's at a, a discounted price. So that's something to look into if you want to be refreshed on TOB1 online if you've you, already taken if it.
0: you've already taken to what's the discounted price do you know
1: 145 dollars
0: uh, 145 bucks <laughs> hey that's a good deal yeah if you've already taken tob one and want a refresher yeah. uh, I guess you go to the website
1: yeah and check it out
0: all right check we'll put a link in the show notes I didn't even know about it. <laughs> that's a great idea though it thank is. you staff for coming up with great ideas I do have a great staff they do great stuff I don't need to know these details this is how I learn.
1: You ready for a question? Yes, let's do it. This is from an an anonymous patron.
0: Hello, anonymous patron. Thank you. Thank you for your monthly support of this mission. We cannot
1: do it without you. Appreciate it. This woman says, thank you for all the work you put into this podcast. I always learn so much from you both and frequently recommend your show to others. I've returned to my faith within the last five years and have a dark sexual past that I'm struggling to heal from. Thanks be to God, I recently became engaged to a wonderful holy man who's shown me so much about the love of Christ in our relationship. But something that has brought me a lot of distress lately is trying to implement natural family planning as we prepare for marriage. A lot of the responsibility of NFP falls on women since they're the ones tracking their fertility signs. And this greater amount of responsibility scares me and makes Mm. me feel resentful. Mm. It reminds me of times where I had to take control of my fertility to protect myself from men who used and discarded me. I know my fiancé has the best intentions with our family life, but I'm struggling to see how NFP can bring cohesion in our marriage. I feel it creating confusion, isolation, and disconnection in my life based on my past wounds.
0: Wow, this is such an insightful woman. She's the. I just want to say to you, dear sister, it is very clear to me that the Holy Spirit is already blowing. The wind is blowing here, the wind of the Spirit, and I believe the Holy Spirit is bringing to your attention these wounds from your past, not in any way to to rub your face in it, that is not the Holy Spirit. That's the evil spirit, right? If you have some sense that these wounds are coming back to the surface to kind of rub your face in the dirt of it all, that is the evil spirit. The Holy Spirit calls to our mind memories of painful things in our lives to bring about a healing And here's what I want to hold out to you. And I'm sure, Wendy, as a woman who's been tracking your cycle since, gosh, before we were married, Mm -hmm. uh, so 26 plus years or whatever, um, you have beautiful things to speak into this. What what struck me, and then I'll, I'll hand it off to you, Wendy, is that she's comparing these two experiences, you know, preparing to use natural family planning in her marriage and the fact that the woman has to chart her cycle, it's conjuring up these painful memories of, as she said, a dark past where she had to control her fertility, she said, uh, to avoid being you know, more deeply wounded by these men. But I think this, is that how she put it? Something similar to that. Mm-hmm. The, the, I, I would suggest, and I would encourage you to, to, to pray into this that this juxtaposition of the two is the opportunity for the healing of those memories. The whole mentality of a woman getting on contraception is so that she can be used as a thing. Right. Right. But the whole mentality and the whole approach of a woman and a man, and I, I wanna I wanna hold this out to your fiance to to have him involved, right? In as much as is appropriate you know, in this premarital phase of, of him knowing your cycle, of him, and this will be, I'd say, very important in your married life, for him to to help you with the charting, to, to, for you to be in daily communication together about your observations. That, that's another thing that maybe we can bring up a little bit later, but what I want to zoom in on here is that charting your cycle is not for the purpose of you being used by your husband. It's for the purpose of both of you entering into the full glory of God's plan for creating you male and female, so that you can taste and experience the real joys of married love. But there is a Passover we have to go through, and I think this is what you're experiencing. This is some of the pains you're experiencing, For all of us, there is a Passover we must go through from, as she said, a dark sexual past. We have to go through a Passover, kind of a a passing through healing, a passing through painful memories, a bringing into the light of painful memories, so that we can come into a new season, a new time, a new way of experiencing our bodies, a new way of experiencing sexual union. It is a Passover. It is painful. There is a death that must happen. Uh, The memories come back, not again so that we, we, we wallow in the pain, but the memories come back. The Holy Spirit brings those memories back so we can bring them into the light, and that's what you're already doing. The very fact that you're having this experience, it's painful, and you wrote in to us to to ask our perspective on it is a sign that you're already wanting to bring this into the light. I would encourage you to, whatever the specific painful memories you're having, charting your cycles now, conjuring up these painful memories of getting on contraception so that you you could be an object for other men's use, bring those very specific, very painful memories to the Lord. Maybe even you're having memories of specific men. maybe you're having memories of specific experiences. Again, we, we don't go back into these experiences to to wallow in them or or to to lick our own wounds or certainly not to have the enemy pour salt into those wounds. But these wounds in our past, they don't just go away. We we can't just bury them and expect they're not going to haunt us later in our lives. Christ wants to enter into those wounds with us in order to bring about a mighty healing. I'm 26 years into married life almost, and I'm 30 plus years removed from some very painful sexual experiences i had in my younger years and i'm still working through still working through some of those painful memories uh, just recently i i had a dream that was a kind of a haunting dream of of my past that i i need to bring into the light all these years later the the healing we need is especially when we've had dark experiences in our past, it's not just a snap of the fingers that we get healed. It's it's oftentimes a, a long journey, but Christ is with us on the way, and we know it's the Holy Spirit bringing these memories to our attention when there is hope of coming into the light, and that's what I'm hearing here in what this woman is asking, a real hope of her coming into the light and experiencing this this healing. Wendy, what are your thoughts and observations here?
1: I, I really like how you just articulated the purpose of a woman seeking contraception is to protect herself from, and enable herself to be used by a man. Um, and that's definitely not the purpose of natural family planning. I think that gets at where the, what the heart is... Needing to embrace is that the call of the two to become one in marriage is is a beautiful call. It's not just the legitimate place to do what was illegitimately right, correct, done before. Correct. Well said. Yes, this is a whole different realm, and what natural family planning can help to bring about, or several things. One of them is awe and wonder. Of each of the spouses for the other, and the, especially in the gift of their sexuality and their reproductive abilities, their uniqueness, their difference, and yet similarity, there is a an awe and wonder the Lord wants to give wives for their husbands, just as He's giving husbands Amen. awe and Amen. wonder for their wives. Amen. Um, and so that's. That's all threatened right now in this woman's heart because of the fear of, um, I think, of a pressure being on her, a danger of a mistake, just a feeling of kind of being overwhelmed, certainly, by this new challenge of understanding her cycle. And she does need to walk hand in hand with her fiancé and eventually her husband in that journey of understanding and working in cooperation with the gift of fertility, the gift of fertility. You're not going to spend your marriage just fearfully avoiding children. This gift of knowing your Mm -hmm. cycle is going to bring your family about. It's going to be awesome. And you know, you're going to delight in your children together with your husband and together with your husband, you're going to give each other the gift of growth even through times of abstinence, through respect for your cycle. It's it's a whole different world that you're entering into in marriage. And that's kind of what I wanted to emphasize. But I also think you have been given a gift of insight. I just wanna read again three words you used to describe the feelings um, that are coming up at the thought of using NFP. You said you see it creating confusion, isolation, mm. And disconnection. Wow. 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 And I think, you know, there's those are the kind of wounds that are already there yes, in yes, your life. Yes. Confusion, isolation, disconnection from your past. Who wants to experience that again? No. Oh, nobody. nobody. What the Lord wants to bring to you is not confusion, but clarity. Woo! Preach it, Wendy. Not isolation. But unity, woo. obviously not disconnection, but connection, that's so clear. So, so he's trying to call you out and show you, you know, this is how much pain has been there. You don't want to live there mm. again. Mm. You may need to just pray for the Lord to specifically help you to see his working in clarifying things that have been confusing, in enabling you to have that connection where you've had disconnection to kind of break down the barriers that have been formed in your heart as a result of those disconnecting experiences that he's he's gently taking down those walls he's not bulldozing your life he's gently taking down those walls so you can peer over and eventually reach over and reach your spouse in a, a whole unprecedented way that he really wants you to trust him there is an act of faith involved in going into that new land with your spouse so i just encourage you to be grateful to the lord for the light he's already shining in your heart and just as christopher mentioned don't listen to the the dark voice the the evil one that wants to keep you stuck in your wounds but allow the holy spirit that's really moving in your marriage to to move through your joint knowledge of your cycle your joint knowledge of one another and the gift of fertility and the gift of marriage
0: i'm so moved wendy i just i really feel the the spirit of truth uh through what you were just saying there and i have this image of like a river changing course and the tumultuousness of the waters as they were moving in one direction and now they they're starting to shift into another direction and Mm -hmm. there's tumult there's Mm -hmm. There's this kind of uproar going on in the change of the direction of this river. But it's the change in direction from viewing fertility as uh, something to overcome, uh, X out, erase so that we can experience sexual pleasure, to integrating one's fertility into the whole picture of your humanity and seeing it not as something to overcome, but something to revere. That was one of the key words you used, Wendy, a reverence for fertility, that, that, that both she would ha- grow in reverence for her husband and he would grow in reverence for her. That, that has been our experience yes. of using natural family planning. And, and I would say it has been one of the greatest gifts, is a reverence for the power that we have to generate new life. And that reverence is what enables the marital embrace to be truly the marital embrace, Mm -hmm. and not just a man and a woman using one another who happen to be married. Uh, A man and a woman using one another who happen to be married is not okay. They're still using one another, and whether they're married or not doesn't make it okay. Um, I mean, obviously, it's not okay when you're not married, but we think, oh, now we're married, now it's okay to use one another. No, 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 no. No, no. Marriage is a call to love as Christ loves. And and Christ reveres the creature he has made. He looks at all he has made and said, behold, it is very good. My dear sister, in all that you are beholding in your signs of fertility, my prayer for you is that you would have the Holy Spirit of God in you, the same spirit that proclaimed when God looked at all he made and said, behold, it is very good. As you are reflecting, as you are observe, reflecting on your fertility signs and observing them day to day, that you would have that same spirit in you that can say, behold, mm. it is very good. Yes, It is very good that God made me a fertile woman with a cycle. It is very good. It is very good that God made men to give forth 500 million sperm who are yearning to get to that egg. This is very good. This Mm -hmm. is very good. We live in a world that sees this very good blessing. That's that's what Scripture says. He blessed them Mm -hmm. and said, be fertile. It's the original blessing of God. It's the enemy who wants us to think it's a curse, something to overcome, something to X out, something to erase behold, my dear sister, your body is very good. May may you and may your future husband live from that spirit. Behold, it is very good. A husband and wife who come together in their marriage bed with the Holy Spirit proclaiming in and through their bodies, behold, you are very good as you are. And that means, guess what? The times of natural infertility. God made those. Behold, those times of natural infertility are very good too. (laughs) And husband and wife can rejoice in the very goodness of the time of natural infertility. But to engage in an act of otherwise fertile intercourse and render it infertile, the very language of choosing to render yourself infertile with contraception is to say, behold, it is not very good. I don't like that God made us this way. I'm going to exit out. Natural family planning, when lived integrally and practiced in the power of the Holy Spirit, becomes in every opportunity, whether you are abstaining or coming together, both of those acts become a proclamation. Behold, you are very good. I love the fact that God made us so that if we came together tonight, you could conceive behold, you are very good. I love you. I honor you there. But honey, we have a good reason not to bring a child into the world tonight, so we're not going to come together tonight. And behold, that choice of using your freedom to abstain, that's very good. In reverence for the gift of fertility, you're abstaining. That is a very different mentality than trying to conquer our fertilities, exit out, erase it. It's the difference between rejoicing in what God has created and making ourselves our own God, and trying to recreate our own humanity according to our own preference and desires. Mm. And interestingly enough, Paul VI said in *Humani Vitae that if we embrace the contraceptive mentality, we will eventually think we can do whatever we want with our bodies. Mm. And isn't that the world we live in today? Yeah. Uh, this is an opportunity of real grace for this precious woman. So, uh, Wendy, would you... Would you be willing to lead a prayer for her that she and her future husband would would continue on this road of of the shifting of those, the direction of those waters and come into that reverence?
1: Mm-hmm. Lord, thank you so much for the grace you're pouring out into this daughter's life. Thank you for the love you have for her. Thank you that you've known her in every moment of her life. Nothing is hidden from you nothing causes you to turn away from her you know her deep heart you know her longing for truth and goodness and rightness and justice lord you planted those desires in her heart the desire for communion lord thank you so much ask you to bless her on this journey she's on of preparing for marriage preparing in practical ways preparing deeply in her heart as well to remain open to your grace your healing grace you're the divine physician and nothing is more important to you than the healing of our hearts lord i lift to you her places of confusion that is such a wounding experience to just feel confused it's Mm. a powerless Mm. frightening place to be in her wounds of isolation Mm feeling that no one is there to Mm. help her, feelings, her wounds, Lord, of disconnection when she longs to be connected and feels cut off. Lord, all those things, you know her heart so well. Mm. Ask you, Lord, to just hold her close to you, hold her close to your heart, that she would feel your love for her right where she is now and sense the ways that you are leading her to be set free from those wounds, healed of those wounds, given insight about their origin, and thus to not have them have power over her future, Lord. We place this all in your hands and the lives of all who are listening.
0: We trust, Lord, in your promise that you will bring to completion the work you have begun in our sister here. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen.
1: I feel like that question was so meaningful and also maybe a little bit, a longer answer. So probably we just have one, time yeah, for one time more question. Yeah, time for one more in this episode. Yeah, so we'll go to Colleen's question. Hello, Colleen. I'm a new listener to your podcast, and I'm devouring it. I've been on a journey over the last four years, trying to understand the church's teaching on sexuality and marriage after my daughter told me she was in love with a woman and is actively in a gay relationship. I finally found the courage last December to stand firm and tell my daughter my belief that sex is intended by God to be a sacred conduct between a man and a woman in marriage. It was the hardest conversation I've Mm. ever had in my life. Wow, wow, Since then, I've been surprised to find that many Catholics do not believe the Church's teaching on marriage and chastity. They sometimes say things like, they're not hurting anyone, let them do what they want to do. What can I say in a short conversation to get these Catholics thinking? I feel I can't remain silent on this beautiful teaching of the church. I want all Catholics to understand it and see it for its beauty.
0: God bless you, Colleen. Bless you in all you're going through. Bless your daughter. Bless your courage. Uh, I feel the weight of what you're saying and how painful that conversation must have been, how much courage it took you to have it. I I also sense the potency of the seeds that you planted, and that's that's all we can do is plant seeds. And and you asked, you know, what what could be done in the course of a brief conversation to just to get somebody thinking. And I think you you have the right perspective. That's that's really all we can do is plant a seed and and hopefully get people thinking. But it, it could be as simple as well, does God have a plan for our sexuality or not? Mm. Uh, is there a design to our bodies? Why did God make the sexual difference? Um, if, you, if, you wanna, if you feel bold and you can go there, you could, you could say, hey, uh, why did God make it that a man and a woman's body go together? What, what are our genitals for? Mm. That's the bottom line. <laughs> you know, what are our genitals for? And it's, it's easy enough to recognize eyes are meant for seeing, ears are meant for hearing, lungs are meant for breathing, genitals are meant for generating. Mm-hmm. Hello? Um, why is that controversial? It's not controversial to say eyes are meant for seeing or or ears are meant for hearing. But as soon as we say genitals are meant for generating, uh, people's backs get up. Because that's not the way we in the modern world look at our genitals, because we look at our genitals through condom-colored glasses, if you will. We have neutered ourselves with a contraceptive mentality, and and that is the blindness that is justifying all kinds of behaviors that men and women throughout human history have always understood to be not in accord with God's design. And that's a very important word, design. Pick apart that word, it means of the sign. God created our bodies as male and female, as a sign to reveal his own life-giving love. Not in a sexual way, but God himself is eternal generating love. The Father eternally is generating the Son in the power of the Holy Spirit. And God The Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it's as if they had a conversation amongst themselves, John Paul II says, and they said, let's make a creature in our image, and he made them male and female with the power to generate new life in his own image. Again, God is not sexual, but our sexuality reveals the divine image. When we're wearing condom-colored glasses, we look at the body, but we do not see. We don't see the sign. We don't see the mystery. Mm. And so people say things like, well, they're not hurting anyone. Actually, they're hurting themselves, and they're hurting from there. A ripple effect goes out, and it's not an exaggeration. When we understand how we're all interconnected, it's not an exaggeration to say every time we miss the mark, and we all miss the mark. That's what the word sin means, to miss the mark every time we miss the mark, really and truly, it affects all of humanity. And every time we perform an act of virtue, that's a ripple effect that blesses all of humanity. There's an old Jewish proverb that that uh, brings this home, and there there's several people on a boat, and one guy is drilling a hole beneath his seat, and the other guy says, what are you doing? And he says, what's it to you? It's under my seat. Hmm. Well, (laughs) we can see the purpose of the proverb. We're all in the same boat here, and the boat is called humanity. And when one person is drilling a hole beneath his seat, it affects us all. Uh, Conversely, when someone is seeking to repair the hole beneath his seat—and we all have holes beneath our seats to go with this image—by but God's grace, when we allow those holes to be filled in, and we seek to live uh, according to God's design, According to the truth that our bodies are a sign of his own love, and we want to live in fidelity to that sign, that helps the whole boat of humanity, so to speak, to, to be repaired. That's the truth of how interconnected we are. The whole idea that what I do doesn't affect anybody else is just uh, individual, individualism to the extreme. Uh, we are one body, as Christ says, and that means when the foot is in pain, The rest of the body feels it. Uh, When the hand is performing an act of virtue, it blesses the whole body. So, this is not said to wag fingers at anybody, to shame anybody, scold anybody. It's just said to turn the lights on. The idea that we can be our own little island is just false. I also want to say, Colleen, uh, as you're on this journey of entering in more deeply to what the church teaches, I'm so glad you found our podcast and I just want to encourage you to keep going. We have lots of resources that I think you'll find helpful at the Theology of the Body Institute. You might want to check out, for example, our patron community. We have ongoing formation for our patrons. We have lots of study programs uh, available on the patron community website. We have lots of audio presentations of mine that I've delivered over the years on our website for our patrons. We have these, this thing I call my video journal, where I film these little videos on my iPhone. We have an archive of, of them. i filmed hundreds of those over the years, and we're getting more and more of them up for our patron community on a regular basis. We have a, a new video series that Bill Dunahy provides that uh, helps parents to understand how to pass Theology of the Body on to their teenagers, uh, and a host of other resources. You might want to check those out. And also the book, Good News About Sex and Marriage, the 150 Questions And Answers Based on Theology of the Body, if you haven't already dipped into that, Colleen, that would be a great, great place to start. And there's a whole chapter on the question of same-sex desire and homosexuality, and I address the question in there about parents with children uh, who who live that life and, and how to navigate that. I think you'll find that helpful as well. Please know, Colleen, you are in our thoughts, you're in our prayers. Wendy, do you have anything you want to add for Colleen?
1: I think that's excellent. I see in her heart, just like we were talking about with our previous question, such a work of grace, ongoing. You're such a light. You are such a light. Just sharing what you did about your journey of trying to understand more the church's teaching, of allowing yourself to grow in courage and having a desire to share it with others and to be more effective to not maybe hesitate in moments and regret why didn't I say something all of that is a natural thing but more what I want to say is just the beauty and testimony it is to all of our listeners of your um, just openness to grace in your life and there were just two scriptures that were coming to my mind as we were just as you were sharing thoughts there. One was um, from Ephesians 5 when st paul lays out uh, the the great mystery for this reason a man will leave his father and mother he's they're quoting genesis and god's original design and then he says and it refers to christ in the church i think you know that could be a helpful thing to encourage people to read when, you know, they're saying to you they're not hurting anyone. That's that's an example of a way to propose God really does have a plan here, and it's really important. Uh, The other one that was coming to my mind was from the Beatitudes, blessed are the pure in heart, for Mm -hmm. they shall see Mm -hmm. God. And when we say they're not hurting anyone, when they're completely, you know, kind of refusing to have that state of heart that opens them To eternal life that is the most ridiculous thing to say they're not hurting anyone it's the uh, it's a lie (laughs) and but i mean we need to understand that from the perspective of our faith is real it's not just something that kind of comforts us with a little ritual on sundays it's about our whole being it's about who we are and I think that's what some of the Catholics you're encountering are missing, is that they, they just want to be comfortable and easy.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And not realize this faith is teaching us who we are, not just who I am and somebody else's, whoever they want to be, is who God made us all to be. Preach it, Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: beautiful. I, I'm, I'm stirred as you're talking, Wendy and, and I'm, I'm I think I'm recognizing something in this well they're not hurting anyone right. which is so easy just to kind of throw out there well, they're not hurting anyone. I think it's a fear of our of, of judgment in our own lives. you know if someone challenges me uh, I, I I receive it as as judgment mm-hmm. right Christ came not to to condemn us. He came to save us. when we fear God's wrath, when we fear his judgment, we, we can put up these defenses uh, and think that, well, uh, you know, we start justifying. I'm not hurting anybody. Well, guess what? We hurt people all the time. Mm. Wendy, I, despite my my best efforts in loving you, I hurt you all the time. N-I-U. And I, you. Yes, it goes both ways. <laughs> uh, if to think, oh, they're not hurting it. What the what? We hurt one another all the time because we are broken. And it is okay that we're broken, as I so often say. It's okay that we're broken because there is a remedy for our brokenness. But it is not okay to call our brokenness health.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And that's what we're doing when we just flippant statements like, they're not hurting anybody. We hurt one another all the time in our broken humanity. The good news is Christ loves us right there. He does not condemn us in our broken humanity, but He says, follow me and I will restore in you the original, beautiful, wonderful design that God has for your life." Right? The two become one flesh. Why? As you said, Wendy, this is a great mystery, and it refers to Christ and the church. Mm. That is the revelation of the sign. Mm. Right? In other words, it's the revelation of God's design for making us male and female to reveal in this world his own eternal plan of love. To the degree that we don't embrace that and by God's grace live that out, we are hurting ourselves and everyone around us. That's just reality. And God meets us right there in our failures, in our brokenness, in the way we've hurt ourselves and hurt one another. And he says, follow me and I will bring to completion the work of redemption in you if you follow me. Mm. Lord." thank you for calling us to this glorious destiny of living according to the full glory of that original image in which you made us. May we all
1: become what we are.
0: Ask Christopher West is brought to you by the Theology of the Body Institute, with music by Mike Mangione. Christopher and Wendy hope that the information provided is helpful to you, but remind you that they're not licensed counselors. If you're going through serious difficulty, a list of trusted counselors and psychologists can be found in the show notes.